Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Business Foundation course, designed to help teachers finally nail their niche, grow their confidence and their business savvy, and generate a consistent income of £2,000 sterling or more a month teaching part-time. If you found filling your classes and growing your community frustrating, you're in the right place. These podcasts are deliberately designed as bite-sized nuggets of information to help you move from struggle and frustration to a career which is not only emotionally rewarding, but financially too. Do you find your yoga classes dwindling in size as we slide into December? How does this time of year make you feel as a yoga teacher? I've noticed so many threads in yoga teacher groups recently lamenting just how much of a struggle it is to manage the dwindling numbers of students. In some cases, the income that these teachers are bringing in doesn't match the outgoings for the yoga space and other costs, so they're either running at a loss or for next to nothing in terms of income for themselves. For some, their energy and enthusiasm for teaching reaches a low ebb, making them feel like it's all just too hard and reassessing whether teaching yoga is actually for them at all. I want you to know that if you are savvy about how you run your yoga teaching business, this can be a time not to feel despondent about what's the natural flux and flow of any health-related business, but instead you can embrace the opportunity to rest, recharge your own batteries and enthusiasm and plan for the opportunities that are actually right there for you to take if you think more strategically. As I record this podcast, it is the 2nd of December and in three days I head off from the British winter to Fuerteventura in the Canary Islands for almost seven weeks. For the last five years of my over a decade of teaching, My students have known that there are no classes from the beginning of December until mid-January. It's planned into the diary. Instead of railing against the dwindling numbers in December, and actually at other times of the year too, which are naturally quiet for us, I embrace this time as an opportunity to recharge my batteries and plan for the new year. Sure, My student income drops during those seven weeks, although not altogether because of the way my business is structured. But by looking at the business as a whole over a 12-month period, I know that the total income from my teaching will still reach my financial target. And what that means is I can relax and allow myself permission to even enjoy those quiet times knowing that my students will be back in a few weeks feeling ready, even keen, to find time for the mat once again. But as I have talked about in other episodes of this podcast, getting to this point is not an accident. Building a business that sustains a steady income over time requires planning and some business savvy. Truly, it's not that hard But the truth is, many yoga teachers falsely believe that it is, and they give up at this point, feeling disillusioned. If this resonates for you, if you're feeling browbeaten, weary by what is often called the feast and famine cycle, 
know that there are things that you can do, but what it requires is not that you go out and take another yoga course or that you sit back in December and just hope that everything will improve next year. That is not a business strategy. And another yoga course will not solve a business problem. Taking a yin yoga course or learning how to use sound bowls or signing up for that advanced 300-hour training will not I repeat, will not teach you business. They teach you yoga. And the bottom line is, if you can't attract enough students and shape your business right now with the skills you already have, no amount of further yoga training is going to suddenly send hordes of eager students to your offerings. You cannot serve those you were meant to help unless you know how to consistently attract and keep students, period. And that is a business skill, not a yoga skill. So what can you do in the quiet months, particularly in December? Here's three things I genuinely recommend to any yoga teacher serious about making a sustainable income from teaching. Number one, take a good, honest, hard look at your finances. What have you earned this year from your teaching? What profit have you made once all your costs are taken off? Are you even on top of that figure? If not, there's a huge red flag right there. What were you hoping for when you began the year? Have you met the financial goals you set if you did set? What lessons have you learned from your results so far about what's working and what's not? And if your eyes are glazing over at this point, I want you to just notice that because the chances are that because this activity has a negative impact on your feelings, that means it's highly likely that you actually avoid doing the stuff that would really help you build a thriving business. You know, whilst it's not sexy, taking a good, honest look at your financial health at your expenses and at planning your budgets for the next 12 months gets you out of cloud cuckoo land and hope land and gives you clarity about your income and your outgoings and a heads up as to what might need changing to meet your financial goal. And if you say to me, Shona, I I don't really have a financial goal, then are you sure you really want a yoga business? Perhaps you might want to listen to a previous episode of this podcast series where I consider whether you really want a yoga business or simply a hobby. Heads up though, what I can tell you is that hobbies cost us money, as you'll learn in that episode. Businesses pay us money. In my work with yoga teachers who want to build a sustainable part-time income that actually works... The whole money thing often seems to rake up a whole load of contradictory and sometimes uncomfortable feelings in yoga teachers. For example, do you feel awkward when thinking about what to ask someone to pay for your services? If a student doesn't turn up for part of a block that they've paid for, do you feel awkward or uncomfortable about saying that there's no refund? Do you hold on to an almost subconscious belief that it's not yogic somehow to ask for or talk about money. 
The truth is, these feelings can actually sabotage the dream you may have of making a living from teaching yoga without you even realizing it. And yet I know there are dozens, hundreds of yoga teachers out there who do feel these negative feelings. I could talk a lot about this topic, but in the spirit of keeping these podcasts short and bite-sized, I'll come back to that in another podcast. But for now, let me say that I call all this discomfort and nervousness around money the inner game work. And trust me when I say it is possible to overcome the mind gremlins, as I call them, but it involves some inner work, some awareness, and a bit of business savvy and skill, and some highly practical but totally doable actions. There is no hidden alchemy to this, honestly, I promise you. The teachers that you see being successful aren't necessarily better teachers than you. In fact, some of them might be pretty mediocre, although if they attract and retain students for a long time, they're clearly doing something right. Again, that's a topic for another podcast. But if you find yourself telling yourself you're just not cut out for this, or it's too hard, or it's impossible to make a living as a yoga teacher, I want you to know that's a story that you're telling yourself, and it's not a very helpful one at that, nor is it true. So the first thing that you can do this December is review and reflect. Ask yourself the following questions. What did I want to achieve financially this year? What did I actually achieve? Is there a gap between the two? And what's the story I'm telling myself about where I am in growing my yoga business right now? And how might that story be holding me back? The second thing that you should do in this quiet time is some strategic planning. And again, it's likely that your eyes are glazing over at this point. But there is definitely some truth in the saying, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Let me ask you, if I was to put next year's calendar in front of you and ask you, what are you offering and when? How much income will those offerings bring you in terms of revenue? Is there a shortfall between what you'd like to earn and what you think you will earn? What plans do you have to address the shortfall? Would you be able to answer those questions? You know, going with the flow is not a business plan. Crossing your fingers and hoping things will get better is not a business plan. It leaves you at the mercy of going with the flow. How about planning in some courses that students have to pay for up front that would inject a good chunk of cash into your business? I currently run five six-week courses a year in three different venues. Just 30 weeks of teaching, but the injection of cash into the business that these courses bring me counts for around 25% of my total income for the year. I have three retreat days planned that I know will bring in between 10 to 15% of my revenue. And I know that the rest of my revenue will come from memberships where students have made a commitment to work with me for a certain amount of time, ranging anything from five weeks to 12 months. I might be taking seven weeks completely breaking from teaching shortly, where students don't pay 
although I do also now have an offering of access to online videos at a reduced rate for the whole seven weeks I'm in the sunshine not teaching at all from students who want to continue to practice while I'm away and like having the structure the online classes can provide them. So December will still bring in revenue while I'm sitting on a beach. What that means, what all of that means, is a much higher level of certainty. I do not fear the quiet times. In fact, I relish them. I love that chance to recharge to re-energise, to read, learn, work on other projects such as this, or just relax. I'm in my 70s. I'm not particularly good with tech. I'm no Instagram model and I do not spend hours trying to cultivate a huge social media following with showy reels or posts. The bottom line is, if your mind is thinking, well, it's all right for her, she must be whatever, I want to tell you, This is not rocket science, and I'm not special. This is a learnable skill, and once you've learned it, you can be making a real difference to people's lives through yoga. And the final tactic for success? Actually take some time out. Our minds are far more able to be creative when they are rested. Getting off the treadmill gives us that sometimes rare glimpse of the bigger picture, Maybe even find a little more time for our own practice on the mat, reinvigorating our love of yoga and perhaps even our desire to help others find the value that we have found. I know that I'll come back in January to students raring to go again. I know I'll feel refreshed and eager to share the benefits of this wonderful practice. The truth is, I have deliberately crafted the kind of business I want to have. It is no accident. It's just understanding that planning and strategy are not words to be afraid of. In fact, learning these skills will change who you are for the better in all aspects of your life. If you've ever found yourself saying, as I do all the time to my students, what we learn on the mat, we take off the mat then perhaps you'll understand what I mean when I say that learning to be strategic in our businesses means that we become far more strategic about living our lives in a way that supports and nourishes us. The bigger picture that is what strategic thinking and planning are all about truly does help us carve out a way of life in a far wider sense than just running a business. It's about creating a business that works around your life, not the other way around. And I can help you with that, if that's something you're struggling with. So as I head out for Fuerteventura in three days' time, I'll use that seven weeks to embrace the quiet. I hope you can find some time to step back and do that strategic and inner work, however you spend the December break. Just know that those quiet times can be opportunities rather than times to fear. And meanwhile, if any of this resonates for you, if you'd like some highly practical mentoring and teaching to help you get those strategic plans in place, that's exactly what the Pathway to Profit as a Yoga Teacher program 
how to build a thriving part-time business will teach you and is designed to do. If you'd like to know more about how this mentoring program might help you, then contact me direct at shona at fastmail.com. If you were just hoping next year will be better, or thinking maybe you're just not cut out to be a yoga teacher, I might just be able to help. Namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope you find these tips helpful. With over a decade of experience and into my 70s now, I'd like to think that I can help other yoga teachers find a rewarding career teaching yoga. I run a foundation training course in business skills for yoga teachers designed specifically to give them a solid base and business savvy upon which they can build and scale up if they choose. If you're interested in learning more, drop me a line at shona at fastmail.com. Meanwhile, do subscribe to the podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback or topics you'd like to listen to and go out there and bring your yoga to the students that you were meant to serve. Namaste. Thank you.